Marius, we are the dynamic duo for the day. Uh, I don't know why, but our pal Alvaro just decided to hop on a plane today and head to Cologne, Germany for the biggest photography event in the world that happens every two years. Yeah. So sucks to be us. Um, we're stuck here at home recording for a little while, but we can say bad things about Alvaro if we want to behind his back. Not only that, but unlike Alvaro, we actually have some new toys to play True. with. So True. Oh, yeah. I forgot I forgot about that. <laughs> you forgot about our main topic. Good start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take them for granted. I, I, what can I say? So, of course, as the world knows, um, Apple recently uh, released some, some new products, a new iPhone, a new generation of watch. And uh, rather than rehash what you've probably already read about on every blog ever, um, we just wanted to take uh, a moment to dive deep into what is um, interesting about those phones um, to photographers. And it just so happens that both Josh and I have already received our iPhone 7s. Um, Which apparently is like a miracle in its own. Like uh, there, there are some people, unless I did read today though, that there are some shipping estimates that have moved up a lot. It's like they're getting them, uh, these Jet Black Plus phones. It sounds like they're moving them a little faster than they expected, but there's a lot of people with like ship dates of the middle of October. Yeah, I've even seen some uh, that were like estimated in November already, and, and that was that was crazy. I, I admit I had mine at uh, they were the carrier wasn't allowed to activate a phone at uh, until eight oh one a.m. and I think I had mine at about eight ten to eight fifteen a.m. So wow. Yeah, that was. I was disappointed. I had to wait fifteen minutes. <laughs> you might have been one of the first in the province to get yours activated, though. I was the first in all of southern Manitoba, apparently. So yeah, or one, the second, maybe, maybe Winklers. Anyway, long story short, I was one of the first. I'm, you know, it's not like it's something that I put on my cap, but I should, maybe I should have put on my Twitter profile. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I had a really uh, exciting, in the wrong way, kind of experience because I had pre-ordered for home delivery and. Um, uh, there was a delay in the flight and my actual status did not change to, uh, you know, like the delivery estimate did not update until the night before. And then that Friday, I was leaving for three days, uh, two days rather, for a wedding. And so I was sitting there waiting impatiently for the truck to arrive. Um, and it, it, it basically, I got my phone one hour before... Uh, we had to leave for the wedding, which Ooh, meant I had just enough close. time to restore a backup from iTunes. And literally, literally the the final app finished updating as I was walking out the door <laughs> to go to the wedding. It was it was I can't such believe I didn't, timing, you, people but, didn't see Marius literally running down the street after the mailman. Oh, man, it was not. I was that was a very tense day for me because I thought for sure there's no way it's arriving in time and I'm not going to have, uh, you know, my new phone until uh, it would have been today, I suppose. <sighs> what would you have done? I know. Tragedy. I, you could have shot with a 6S Plus, which... I guess in that case, you know, like there actually is a big enough difference that I can see why you would, would why it matters. But yeah, come on. That's a piece of junk now. Yeah, no one exactly no one wants one of those. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, so so um, the iPhone 7 and iPhone 7 Plus are the topic of our discussion um, today. And basically, uh, I, I think for us, the obvious um, improvement that, that I think compelled both of us to upgrade without much hesitation is uh, the presence of a new camera system. And whoa, not a new camera system. Sorry. Anyway. Well, yeah. Well, that's what, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm just choking on the words here. It's two, two new cameras on the plus, which we both got. And by the way, welcome back to the plus club. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I know the camera is awesome, but I am far more pumped about the bigger keyboard. Yeah. It, oh, I get like my thumbs are already thanking me. I, <laughs> I sound like my life is terrible. No, but really, I am pumped to have the bigger keyboard. 
it's surprising how much of a difference it makes to typing because when you I don't know for some reason when you look at them side by side it doesn't look like a vast difference but just the the difference in how your fingers have to move oh, makes yeah. me like a hundred times more accurate yeah. on on the plus size keyboards so I'm couldn't agree more yeah that's that's one of the biggest uh biggest benefits for me so so are we hopping straight into first impressions here like did you what was the first thing you did you got your plus pulled it out restored it did you hop into the camera the moment that you could the first moment you could oh my god no i couldn't because i was restoring and i was like watching the progress bar in itunes and then immediately after that finish and i got access to the phone i had to make sure one password was you know active of and course awake the very first everything. you should yep yep and then i had to restore my watch because this was new to me, of course. This is the first year that I've replaced a phone with an Apple Watch, and the procedure for uh, switching is actually not as seamless as you might expect. So you actually have to unpair your Apple Watch with your original phone first, and what that does is create a backup, but it doesn't tell you that it creates the backup. So if you hadn't read an article online or listened to me telling you now, you'd have no idea. But indeed, if you unpair your watch, it automatically creates a backup on the phone, and then you have to back up that phone. So I actually ended up having to redo my backup because oh, I had done my backup the way that I usually do it, you know, to iTunes, because I figured that would be faster. Um, but then I read about this this um, Apple Watch thing and I was like, oh, crap, now I have to do the, you know, I, I unpaired, I had the backup and then I had to redo the phone backup, which now included the watch backup. And then after that had restored to the iPhone 7 Plus, I was able to, you know, pair the Apple Watch and restore from backup instead of setting up as new. So it was just an additional little bit of uh, hassle. And I think that they could communicate that whole backup of watch and transfer of data, whatever process a little better. But uh, you think, oh boy, it sounds terrible. In fact, I was kind of, I'm kind of scared now. Like what happens if I want my wife to use, by the way, I have a watch as well. Holy smoke. It's been like Christmas twice in the last three days. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so what happens if I want to send my watch with my wife? What if she wants to go running? Like, can she not? Um, in t- like your watch but have her yeah like what if we just like trade it for a bit no you can't just trade for th- it is tracking your activity data you can't be lazy oh, so i gotta go buy a second watch apple you guys yes the, the, a double camera system isn't enough yeah oh. okay so anyway did when you finally did get into the camera What'd you do? What was the very first thing you did? Because I think we probably both did the exact same thing. Well, I don't know about you, but I was tapping the yep, two times exactly. zoom button yep. immediately. I, back and yeah, forth, I, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm going, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Actually, I was, um, so I was doing it back and forth because it was very amusing and I was flipping through modes and and just sort of seeing how it affected things because it's, it is like getting a new lens for a camera, right? The first thing you do is you go and you just sort of look at the world right, from that right. new perspective and, and see to- what it's like. Snap and- a whole bunch of photos of like random crap <laughs> that nobody would ever care about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it was uh it was an entertaining few minutes the the first few in the camera um i i was very uh like I, I don't know this this does feel like a very meaningful step forward in terms of what you can uh or or what you would be compelled to try and capture with your iphone camera versus another camera right um i didn't i didn't realize how many times that was a factor in my decision making like looking at a scene and and thinking okay i i need to be closer to this the iphone can't do right. it right and now for a great portion of those scenes, the iPhone can do it. And and it's, uh, you know, it just, I, I still have to wrap my head around what that means. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a nice, like, it's a, a really phenomenal portraiture length. Like, yes, 85 millimeters is better, but 
it's it's pretty good. Like I, I found I, I was standing, I was taking a photo of uh, of Jacqueline, like just underneath a tree, and I hit the two X button, and I was like, you know, breathing down her nostrils, basically. And I thought, yeah. holy smoke! Like I actually have to take a step back. And then you know, you take that step back and you shoot the photo, and you've got the right compressions in her face, and and I just I was impressed. It, it's um, I, I'm glad to see that Apple kind of pushed it more towards that telephoto length, 56 millimeters, rather than like maybe staying at the normal length of 50 you know what i mean yeah that extra six i was happy to see that yeah i I, i'm glad that they put it there because um while 85 you know the 85 equivalent would have been better in uh like just for portraiture i think that this gives them a bit more versatility yep for sure um and it probably it's also easier for them to uh just to smooth out the differences in software as you transition from one to the other so uh, you know, I get that, and I uh, frankly, I'm just very, very pleased by the uh, by the images I'm I'm getting. So uh, we this is really just a first impression, um, right? Yeah, for this episode because we it's only been a few days, but I I did get an opportunity to do some shooting and some comparative shooting. I actually brought both phones with me to the uh, to the wedding that I was at, and and I was just trying to you know tackle some of those scenes with both. And uh, of course, weddings are a perfect venue for challenging a smartphone camera because a lot of it is you know lower light or mm-hmm. you're trying to catch action and things like that. And I I'll tell you, I noticed one thing above all else immediately that was that made me very happy and that was that the autofocus speed is much faster in night and day yeah just about close to saying night and day like i i, I wouldn't say it's like whoa amazing like jaw-dropping difference that you you know you might not immediately notice it but then when you compare the two it's like you know totally different ends of the spectrum yeah and that's why i, I was uh, you you got your phone before i did so i was yeah. asking you yeah, that yeah, was yeah, my yeah. first question was like how's the autofocus because <laughs> the very first thing ever since ever since i did my my little review of the uh, of the galaxy s7 um that that phone has just incredibly quick autofocus and i love that about it and so when i went back to my 6s plus you know the, I, I preferred that as a phone but as a camera the autofocus was just nowhere near as quick so mm-hmm. I, I was sort of frustrated by it but now now we're back on the same planet. Uh, you know, the the acquisition and the accuracy I, I just found was very quick. Even as I was moving things kind of off center, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes confuses uh, other smartphones, but in this case, the iPhone just sort of knew what I wanted my subject to be. Like for example, I I don't know if this was uh, a fluke or something, but I was in um, I was in a sort of wooded area and I came across a little baby toad. Um, and he was like really, really tiny. And there was a leaf on one side of my frame and he was on the opposite corner. And they were in about the same, you know, like they, they could have equally been the subject of my photograph right, because the leaf right. was more colorful. Yeah. Um, but the iPhone just sort of knew, uh, even though the toad was in the corner, it was just like, nope, that is your, that he's your subject. And that's where we're going to keep the focus. And I was like, okay, great. That's, that's promising. Software. Yeah. I like that. I think that's probably the disting- distinguishing factor here between Apple and, and, you know, all the camera fan manufacturers that are popping out new equipment, you know, basically as we speak is that software component, it, you know, the algorithms behind that camera, um, they, yeah, they just make it phenomenal. Uh, I, I don't know how, what other words to use other than the fact that the software behind it is, is insane. Yeah. And actually, uh, Ben Brooks, um, who is a blogger that we know and, and admire, uh, he recently published an article about, uh, it's called Apple of the Future. We'll link to it in the show notes. But the section that stood out to me was where he talks about photography. And um, he basically says the same thing that, you know, iPhone um, photography is enhanced by the software. And 
perhaps the future of iPhone photography is um, pushing the software even more than the hardware side of things, because ultimately Apple is always going to come up against the limits of physics when it comes to trying to fit camera hardware into a small form factor. But what they can do is leverage those you know, 800 people that they have working on this system to develop the software that can kind of um, make the best of the situation that you're in and uh, perhaps even suggest to you at some point proactively how to improve your shot, right? Because if it starts to learn what it means to be a you know, to, to take a good photograph uh, in terms of composition, in terms of lighting, in terms of all these sorts of things, it can analyze the scene that you give it and say, hey, take a step sideways, you know, or go a little closer or do, you know, something, just little adjustments that might help um, create a better photograph. Yeah, it's and good, I, I just, hypo- good hypothesizing, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, it just it got me thinking because uh, he, he's right. Ultimately, there's there's only so much that they can fit in hardware-wise. So really what's going to make their camera stand um, above the rest is how they handle the software. And that's honestly, that's what's made the iPhone such a popular smartphone camera, even though other companies have for, for many years now um, outpaced them in terms of raw hardware specifications right. on the camera side of things, you know, more megapixels or, or larger sensors or whatever. Um, but the iPhone has this sort of effortless consistency and predictability and just um, pleasant rendering of uh, of images that that people find appealing. Let, let's dive into this just for a couple minutes. You talk about a pleasant ren- pleasant rendering. Yes. So that immediately my head jumps to bokeh. So ah, that's right. step yeah. number one. Step number two is software. Now, Let's let's dive into this because we know you and I were seven plus users. Now um, we're going to get this up software update in the next few months that has this you know what we I'll call fake bokeh for now. Like yep. essentially the seven plus camera shoots an image in this portrait mode and it uses both cameras to create a depth. Uh, what, what were we calling it? Like a depth field of the image and therefore and then it scans the image in real time, which is incredible and blurs out the background and keeps the subject pin sharp, something along those lines, right? Yeah, so essentially they've, uh, because the two cameras have a slightly different um, perspective of the scene, they're able to create, um, uh, they're able to tell the software basically um, what is close and what is farther away and use that to simulate the effect that optical bokeh, um, you know, what you get when you have a a lens with a fast aperture and it throws um, the background out of focus with those pleasing um, cat's eye shapes or circular cat's shapes. Eye. Which ones do you want? Cat's eye? Onion rings and Onion. elephant trunks and yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but eventually, like essentially they're go- overcoming physics with software. So my question then is like at this point in time, they're, they've kind of stipulated that this is going to be for like human faces or like maybe potentially the software will be smart enough to analyze the difference between like a a dog's face or a cat's face for instance but like from what i'm reading apple has specifically said this is going to be for like portraits of human beings and you're not going to be able to necessarily you know take your can of coke put it in front of you and then blur out the background behind the can of coke because the software doesn't recognize that the can of coke is your subject so First off, Marius, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, this is what your understanding is as well, correct? Well, see, I've been thinking about this. And what I'm wondering is, because this is strange, uh, just the, the simple fact that they're delaying such a, a game-changing feature. Like, this this is the kind of feature that people upgrade phones for. Exactly. So the fact that they didn't have this available at release has led to some speculation that it wasn't ready yet. And why could that be? And blah, blah, blah. I'm wondering if they actually got it working perfectly for faces and the part that they weren't 
yet able to get working reliably is identifying other things. Okay. Right? Because I think that that would be something that they would, it's, it's the sort of thing that they would spend time refining. Um, and they didn't, like, they did make it seem that it was focused on portraiture and that it would recognize faces and use that and blah, blah, blah. But based on the way the technology works, there's nothing that really says to me that it wouldn't be possible for that. Could be, they're, they're basically creating a depth map, which means that regardless of what it is that's in focus, they can still create that, yeah. right? As long as the, the camera is able to identify what is the subject of the photo, which, as I mentioned earlier, in the case of the toad, it seems to be pretty good at. Uh, there's nothing really that I can think of that would prevent them from applying that same fake bokeh technology to exactly. things other than faces. And then my next question is, I'm going to take it a step further now. I don't know the, the limitations involved here and the requirements of the of the chip and the processor and, and you know, et cetera. But like what's stopping software from doing this after the fact? Like I, I was wondering, like how long is it going to be before we can take a photo shot in a portrait mode? drop it into photos on Mac OS or Lightroom or whatever and have the computer read like why why what's stopping us from changing our focus point blurring out everything else you know what i mean like the the lightro cameras like you yeah in essence like that's kind of what we're going towards here isn't it sort of i mean i would think so uh, this is uh, lightro is a company that pioneered the um the sort of i think they call it light field technology yeah that sounds right um and their headline feature is basically you can take a photograph and then choose what's in focus after the fact and it's very nifty there are a bunch of limitations um because it was sort of a proof of concept more than a finished product really but uh, yeah, I, I can see Apple moving in that direction. I, I, my my understanding is that that technology requires um, a very different kind oh, of I see. sort of method of gathering that light in the first place and oh, storing okay. it. And that was actually part of the problem um, that Lytro faced in terms of getting their product adopted more widely is that you, first of all, the images were in a proprietary format that you needed a special viewer for. Like you can't render it uh as a, as a JPEG or something, because their whole thing was you could change it live, right? Like you right. as the viewer could choose what is in focus in the, in the photo. So there's, there's differences in the way the technology works. But um, one of the applications of this whole depth mapping thing that people have been murmuring about in response to this is uh, actually VR. Um, because the amount of computing power that Apple has put into these new iPhones is absurd. And uh, the fact that they're able to do all these calculations in real time and show you that fake bokeh effect in real time um, is leading people to believe that perhaps Apple might be um, working on some virtual reality applications as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case, no. but... Um, yeah, Nothing for, would surprise me at this point. Yeah, for, for for now, their their main effort, I think, is just getting this uh, this portrait mode released. Um, and we don't even know really when it's coming. They said later this year, so there's only a yeah. few more months that they can yeah. reasonably. I'm excited to try it. I wonder how far it'll take. But you know how how much of uh, the dedicated camera photography that'll get rid of. You know, of shooting photos of my nieces and nephews. I wonder how much. You know, how often am I going to actually have to pick up my Sony to go and take a photo of my niece? Yeah, yeah. I It, it could be, it, that could be the biggest game-changing thing. So, like, that kind of leads me into the point that like, my my first impressions of the camera, and maybe yours, you had said that you had taken it into a forest and, and shot some photos. Like, I literally have five photos on my, cam on my phone right now. I took a few, maybe deleted a couple because they were so bad, I didn't even want them clogging up my iPhone. <laughs> yep. But, like, I don't have a whole lot of... Um, I don't have a whole lot of sh photo shots so far on the new seven plus because it, it it's a new 56 millimeter lens, but at the end of the day, like it's still a smartphone camera. Um, yeah. 
So like, it's not like absolutely earth shattering. I think the earth shattering part is coming as opposed to having, you know, the, it, it, without a doubt, the 28 millimeter lens is improved. I, and I'm going to get on that. I took, here's the, the two shots I did take were Jacqueline and I went for supper uh, and we had each had a glass of wine. Right. And so I grabbed her now 6S, my old 6S and snapped a photo of, you know, the glass of wine. And then I took my phone and shot with the 28 millimeter lens because, um, the 28 millimeter lens, the wider lens, has uh, an f 1.8 aperture, I believe. Yep. Um, whereas the 56 millimeter has an f 2.8 aperture, and the uh, 28 millimeter lens or the camera has uh, optical image stabilization built in, while the telephoto lens does not on the 7 Plus. Right. Correct. So. Yep. Uh, I wanted to, you know, do apples to apples, and I uh-huh. shot. Uh-huh. <laughs> pardon the pun. Oh, <laughs> so I shot uh, the same glass of wine from the same angle with the 28 millimeter lens, and. Um, even though it is still a smartphone camera, there is uh, there is better detail for sure in the seven pluses, uh, twenty eight millimeter lens than the six S. Or uh, I'm assuming the six S plus, but the OIS might have changed the six S plus. I don't have any experience with that. But anyway, uh, what I was looking for specifically was like you could see like the residue from like lip gloss on her glass of wine where uh, in my phone, whereas with hers, you couldn't see it in that, that part. So I guess I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but you know, there is an improvement with the 28 millimeter lens just in my little bit of experience. But again, the, the heavy duty, the earth shattering feature is, is on its way. I shot some, uh, some actual night shots. Um, I was taking a break from the wedding. I was outside and it was a very foggy evening. So the light was streaming. They had some, you know, street lights streaming through the fog and you got the, you know, the beautiful rays and things like that. So I was just playing around a little bit with the 28 millimeter lens. And, um, I noticed a, like a huge difference in the noise levels. Um, and specific, like the, the noise reduction is still quite strong, obviously in, in low light shots as you would expect it to be, but, um, comparatively speaking, a lot more detail is retained, which means that there's a lot more image data being captured to begin with before the noise reduction process. So that's encouraging, Mm -hmm. um, especially in light of the fact that we can now shoot raw photos with these iPhones. Um, of course. Have you done that already? I have. So uh, this is actually something that's not exclusive to the 7 and 7 Plus. It is uh, rolling out to any iOS device with a 12 megapixel sensor, which means that the iPhone SE and the uh, 6S and 6S Plus can also uh, capture raw images. Um, One thing that was sort of a big question on my mind is whether or not you could do so natively. And the answer to that is no, you cannot. Um, The built-in camera app still only allows you to capture a JPEG image. Um, But now the third-party ecosystem has started updating things um, for the new APIs. And we've already seen uh, Lightroom and uh, Obscura and uh, 500pix actually released a whole new app called uh, Raw, which does capture and editing and a bunch of other stuff. We'll probably talk about it on another episode, but in any event, you need a third-party app to capture Raw files. Um, But once you do, you can edit them in the native Photos app, which is pretty handy. Not just a little handy. I I had a friend uh, who got the 7 on launch day, and he shoots uh, a lot of hockey photography, actually. Yeah. Comes out to the hockey rink and shoots. And anyway, he pulled out his 7 and and snapped a shot of the warm-ups. And then, like, right in front of me, you know, he had Adobe Lightroom, shot the photo in Lightroom, and then played around with the shadows. And you could just see the way the raw photo could be manipulated to far greater lengths than, than any JPEG could ever have been. So the power behind this is insane. Yeah. My first impression of the raw, um, editing is that, uh, 
the files are actually pretty good. Uh, like I was expecting- To start with, right. Yeah, I was expecting, given that they're smartphone photos, you know, that to, to be dealing with a lot of grain and to have them require quite a bit of work. Um, but, you know, in, in thinking back now, um, Apple wouldn't have made this available if those raw files were going to make their camera look crappy, right? Like that's just not the way they <laughs> operate. So, good point. Uh, good you know, point. I guess in hindsight, it makes sense. But in any event, it, yeah, it is very impressive the amount of recovery that you can do uh, versus the standard JPEGs. I mean, keep in mind, this is not going to rival um, your mirrorless camera, your DSLR or anything like that. I mean, there, there are still basic limits imposed by the fact that this is a tiny sensor, but- <laughs> it better It better not, because then I've wasted all my money. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, but, but it is still impressive and it's certainly a, a big step up from the amount of control that you used to have. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, one little sort of, I guess, workflow thing when you're dealing with raw files, um, when you edit a, uh, a captured raw file in the Photos app, um, what you end up with is actually a flattened JPEG file. So if you do some edits in Photos and then you want to continue editing that raw file in another third-party app, you actually have to make a duplicate of the raw file or revert your Photos edits back to the original because otherwise the third-party app is going to get the edited JPEG rather than the original raw file. So that's just a, to, to me, this is kind of indicative of, a, of an interface problem with Photos because it's not immediately clear um, which photo you're editing and that can be a little problematic. Uh, so that's just something to keep in mind if you're planning on doing raw editing. If you're using only a third-party tool, which I suspect most people will be, like if you're editing raws, chances are you're doing it using Lightroom or using Snapseed or whatever it is. And if that's the case, fine, ignore it. But if you are using photos to edit the raw files in conjunction with a third-party app, then just keep in mind that once you edit something in photos, you're left in the library with a JPEG. And that JPEG can be reverted back to the raw file if you, you know, eliminate all your changes, um, but you have to actually do that. So the, the easiest way to do it is if you're going to do edits in natively and in a third-party app, just duplicate the file first. And then one of them will be your, your photos edit and the other one can go for the third-party apps. And Mario's Handbook of iPhone 7 Plus Photography. Yeah, I should write that. <laughs> so uh, the other half of this whole editing thing, which uh, raw JPEG, whatever, but without a doubt, I think the most thing, the thing that hit me the hardest was uh, how much color is exuded from that iPhone, uh, the new iPhone 7 screen. Yes. Uh, so they've been touting this wide color gamut thing for a while now, uh, not for a while, since the day that the phone was announced. Um, but so essentially the, the screen is 25% brighter than the 6S and the 6S Plus, right? And um, I think I read somewhere that it only actually gets to the tw the maximum brightness under auto brightness or uh, yeah. So like if you were to manually manually do it, it doesn't work something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it's twenty five percent brighter than the six S six S plus, but it, it it has a wider range of colors that both the camera is capturing correct and what it, the display is showing off. Yep, that's correct. So basically, like if you shoot a photo on the iPhone you should probably edit it on the iPhone right away too because that's where the photo looks the best, arguably. Yeah, and actually this is a problem that I'm having right now because I, so this um, this wide gamut um, display technology is available on the 9.7 iPad Pro and on the newer generations of um, Retina iMac, but it is not available on the 12.9 inch iPad Pro nor on any of you know the computers that most people 
who do not have those iMacs are going to be editing on. So you're stuck because the photos that you take on or that I take on my iPhone, normally I would want to edit on my iPad, but I'm no longer seeing the full range of color that's captured on those photos. So it's kind of a, I'm I'm still trying to work out how exactly I'm going to adapt to that. But man, oh man, are you ever... Are you ever correct? I was blown away by the colors. I was taking pictures of the stupidest things yeah. just to to look at them side by side with the six plus and to go, holy crap! How much uh, color was I missing out side on before? By side. Especially the reds and greens. Oh, yeah. It's like wow. Side by side with a six S screen is it, like literally you can literally see it with your eyes like plain. That's how different it is, and I, I'm surprised that in today's technology that they can have such a marked difference. Marked difference is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so much so, actually, that DisplayMate today said that the seven and seven plus's screens like the best screen ever. Yeah, they uh, their verdict was that it was the best uh, display ever tested. Um, not smartphone display, but display of any so- of, of any sort. Uh, period, and that was it. Was basically. Uh, indistinguishable from perfect is is I think how they phrased it. So this is basically the most color accurate display ever. Not bad. I mean, so essentially, if you're going to shoot photos with your iPhone, like just keep them on their on your iPhone. Yeah. Get the biggest possible storage. Which, by the way, we I forgot to mention, but they're now doubled their storage. Which you probably should go up to the 128 gigabyte because with all of the photos that you're going to want to shoot with, shoot and then edit and keep on your phone, you're probably going to run out of space pretty quick. Not to mention 4K video and yeah, all that exactly. stuff. Um, speaking of video, really quick, I w- did do a little bit of testing of the video, um, and I found, without a doubt, the 28 millimeter lens, the optical image image stabilization, like it, it, there's a noticeable difference between video shot with the 28 millimeter camera and the 56 millimeter camera. Yeah. Um, it, noticeable, major, major difference. You can also like zoom in and out, obviously. You can hit that 2X button while you, um, and it's not an instant focusing or it's not like yeah it's not an instant focusing change when you're doing the video um so i would recommend but i would recommend like manually doing it slowly because it it does jump there uh, and it looks a little bit awkward but anyway big difference between the 28 millimeter and the 56 millimeter when shooting video and to you it would also be a big difference from your oh, old phone which did not man. have optical image i felt like i had a gimbal like i was looking at the video afterwards and i thought like you know, my eyes themselves bounced around more, let alone the camera. <laughs> I was amazed. Yeah, it's really remarkable. And and because it's working in concert with the digital stabilization, it's just, uh, it's it's really amazing what they've managed to pull out of that uh, combination. It's it's absolutely cinematic yeah, looking without footage. And, I, and it makes me wonder, like, even with GoPro's announcement today with the Hero 5, like, I'm still going to sell my GoPro now that I have a Hero 4 Silver. I'm still going to sell it Um along with the gimbal because any stabilized video that i need to shoot now i can just do on my phone right yeah makes sense i mean it, honestly if the, the gopro's one major advantage um is sort of durability right, jumping into um, the water i'm a little bit nervous about uh, which i can jump into the water by the way and then just hop right back out as fast as possible but yeah <laughs> with, with my phone i'm trying to say have you dunked it yet oh i don't have the guts man i'm so scared yeah, i haven't either i <laughs> I know that I know that it can survive and everything, but I just I can't. I'm I'm yeah. not there yet. I'm not I read somebody on Twitter. They said this is the first generation of iPhone where I'm more scared to get my leather case wet than my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. Uh, speaking of another first impression, I bought the um, Storm Gray leather case. It was the only leather case that they had available in the store. It's like uh, you know of the new colors. The sea blue one wasn't shipping at least until like 
October 5th or something like that. And I wasn't willing to wait. So I went and got the storm gray, um, and out of the box, it looks sexy. Wow. Super nice. Um, but it is starting to accumulate some scratches. And I think that this, like, you know, the way leather, like Apple's leather cases scratch, um, on the corners or whatever. And I, I think I like the way the saddle Brown one, uh, with the six S, um, I, I like the way that one aged a bit more. I think the dark colors are just inevitably going to age a little bit more gracefully yeah. than the lighter ones. Yeah, this one's a little bit. I don't know. It, it's gonna eventually look like kind of like a like a rock, like a you know a scratched up, beaten rock. Yeah. You know, like a gray stone or something like that, which is which is perfectly all right. Um, it you know it looks great, but uh, the camera cutout. Just to relate this back to photography, like the camera cutout is substantially larger uh, in the leather case, and it's a little bit more. It, it's a different design. Like it's kind of like it curved in versus the six S, which was just like a dead stop. Um, and then like a, you know, if that right. makes sense. Um, but with, yeah. so yeah, the the camera itself, um, which by the way, I love the design of how they've like integrated it with the with the body. You know, with the six plus and the six S plus and the six S and blah blah blah. They um, like it looked like the camera was just kind of stuck on like a little sticker, like a thumb or a, like a raised yeah. sticker. But this one, like this one, yeah. the camera is like bloody well meant to be there and it looks like it and it looks great. Um, but it, the camera protrudes far enough that it doesn't allow any other case to work. Unfortunately, I tried it with my 12 South book book, which is one of my, I love those book book ca- wallet cases. I, I, odd, I love them. Uh, and it doesn't work. Alas, the seven plus does not work with the six S plus sized book book yeah i'm not surprised it's it's a it's a very different looking um just camera setup in general i i have been using my naked um again the phone not me um and i got the um i got the new matte black version um we didn't even talk about the colors there's there's two blacks now one of them is the the jet black that people thought would be called the piano black but thankfully is not Uh, you know the super super glossy one Um, have you had a chance to play around with it no, so I was I was actually going to go to the Apple Store today just to see if they had the leather cases in, um, but I I didn't get around to it. So for now, the only uh, experience I've had is with the matte black. But oh my goodness, am I ever delighted by oh, this? Oh, is it uh, stealthy? It's so nice. Oh, it's so, so nice. sexy. It's really nice. Actually, the nicest thing about it, I think, is that the antenna lines are basically invisible. Like you yeah. just you cannot yeah. tell that they're there anymore, which uh, which is great. It's a it's a very very sleek looking phone. Um, so far, it's been pretty good about not showing fingerprints, um, which I'm very happy to see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I also ordered a, a Peel case. Peel is a company that um, makes, I think they claim that they're the thinnest or among the thinnest or whatever. But yeah, it's, yep, that's right. Thinnest. Yep. Yeah. So they recently redid their uh, plastic formulation um, because some people were having issues with them stretching over the long term. So apparently that's no longer a thing. Um I have never owned a peel case, but I've heard people say great things about them. So I figured I would order one. They're they're very affordable, um, but it hasn't arrived yet. And I honestly, I'm I'm so tempted by that. Um, what is it? Is it storm blue? Is that what they call it? Sea blue. It's nice. Sea blue. It's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really really nice in the pictures. The only reason I didn't order one is because I wanted to see it in person um, just before committing to a color. Because I I, I noticed with the leather ones of the pre- uh, previous generation, when I saw them in person, I had a different impression of them mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. that versus the photos. So I, yeah. yeah, the nice part about these new ones, they also have a um, they're uh, aluminum m- machined aluminum uh, buttons. Oh, that's right. For yeah. the first time, they, they're not mushy, so that's really nice. They they don't feel like aluminum at all. Like they feel like a very hard plastic, but like uh, it says online that they're aluminum. So, uh, and it is a definite improvement. That's usually the best improvement actually from the older generation leather cases to this one. So, yeah, uh, I didn't mention I got the one twenty eight gigabyte silver uh, iPhone seven plus. So I got the white and silver 
Um, I like white personally. I just my favorite color. Fair enough. Uh, my sister got a seven, uh, a rose gold seven. The rose gold antenna lines definitely like you can see them a lot more. Um, so you can. It's harder to see them for sure on the black models. Uh, yeah. Easier as you get crazier with the colors. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, even even when you can see them, they've made. The, I think the positioning is a lot better oh, on, a, a on this generation. They, yeah. they they don't call as much attention to themselves, even if uh, even if you notice that they're there. So I'm I'm okay with it. And and my my actual LTE signal has been stronger, noticeably so, which is a good sign. Oh, you you live in an area where the LTE bands then actually are, it's advantageous to you because we don't our uh, the MTS. LTE network does not uh, support the higher end bands that come or the higher end whatever chip that's inside the iPhone. So the connectivity is lost on me. Yeah, I, I noticed it actually not so much here downtown where I'm always at, you know, full bars, but uh, at the wedding, we were a little bit, you know, out of out of the city and there normally um, sometimes I even drop down to 3G depending on where it is. But here I had a pretty solid LTE signal throughout. So that was that was nice to see. And because I had my my 6S Plus with me as well, um, I did actually switch SIM cards at one point just to double check and uh, yeah, stronger signal on the new one. So that's a good sign. Sweet. Nice. There's a few other little tidbits that um, came to light since the announcement, and and some of them actually don't have so much to do with the phone as they do with uh, iOS 10. But one of the last things that that is worth mentioning for photographers that does have to do with the phone, I found out that um, the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus actually support USB 3 transfer speeds over their lightning port, which means that uh, those of us who want to import photos from our cameras from the SD card adapter, for instance, um, the new one, you're able to do so at much, much higher speeds than you ever could on a previous uh, device, with the exception of the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. And that was one of the big selling features for people, uh, well, for photographers anyway, um, of the 12.9-inch size versus the 9.7-inch size, because that one does not have this. Which is odd, um, but anyway. Which is weird. Yeah, that was one of the omissions that that I found most peculiar. But in any event, the 12.9-inch uh, the has it, and now the um, iPhone 7 and 7 Plus also have it. So if you're going to be importing photos from your camera, you're going to be able to do it a lot faster, which is amazing. Um the other thing that I discovered about iOS 10, and I think this is um, applicable to any device that runs it, there's a new accessibility feature that allows you to apply a color tint to the entire screen. And this sounds strange until you remember that for someone, you know, maybe an astrophotographer or someone like that, the ability to put a red light filter over the color of the screen means that it's going to um, do less damage to your night vision as you're out there trying to um, get your shots in the evening. So just an, just an interesting sort of um, feature that is not really designed for that, but um, can be used by photographers as well. And that's something that I was not aware of before. So it was kind of a, I wonder, a neat discovery. I wonder if they got rid of the, what do they call that? The anti-aliasing filter for astrophotographers? Do they think of everything? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'm sure they did. Uh, but anyway. Um, yeah. The only other thing, and this is, again, not necessarily to do with the um, iPhone 7 and 7 Plus uh specifically, but given that um, their release signaled Apple doubling storage across the range for every device, because it's not just the new phones, by the way, if you buy an iPad now or, or any other iPhone, 32 gigabytes is now the minimum um, storage capacity, which is, which is terrific. Um, unfortunately, what I was hoping that they would do, and they still haven't done, is adjust the um, 
iCloud storage tiers a little bit, and especially the free tier, right? Because it's still five gigabytes, which means that for the vast majority of people out there, you're not really going to be able to fit a backup to iCloud of all of your um, devices, especially if you use iCloud Photo Library or if you have more than one device or anything like that. And I was expecting at the very least, some people have been suggesting for years now that they um, have a system where depending on the number of devices you own within the Apple ecosystem, you automatically get an additional five gigabytes of storage or something like that. And that is still not the case. The the closest that we got to an update on this front was uh, Apple unveiling a new two terabyte tier uh, for iCloud storage, a monthly tier, uh, which is good, but definitely. On the other hand, I also how much is it? I think it's ten dollars a month or twenty dollars a month. I thought it was twenty US. Yeah, twenty dollars. Uh, yeah, anyway. that sounds right. Uh, which is nice, but again, there's um, I, I don't know. I was I was hoping for more because especially as I consider adopting iCloud Photo Library a little more heavily, there's you know I mean it not it's not the case for me yet, although it's close. But I know. For quite a number of photographers, uh, two terabytes is is not going to fit their whole library. Not even maybe. Not even you know. So so for those people, unfortunately, they're stuck. Even if they want to use iCloud Photo Library for all of the things that they have, they can't because it doesn't fit. And Apple does not sell them more storage space. Even if they want to pony up more money, even if they're saying you know take my money, I will pay you whatever. Just give me more space. <laughs> yeah. Apple's yeah. not doing it. So that's unfortunate. Um, I don't know if it's something that. We'll see change this year. Probably not if we haven't seen it by now. Yeah, I I, I, I doubt it. Um, if my internet connection uh, allowed me to actually upload that amount of data online, I would probably take advantage of it personally. But all right, all of that also doesn't work. But you know, um, you're exactly right. At the end of the day, there are piles of people. You could. It really makes you wonder, like, if you hop into Google Photos, like it's almost like they, I don't know, if Google can do it, why why not Apple, right? Why not Apple? Like if Amazon can do it, why can't Apple? So let's let's do the point blank question here because we've we've kind of gone over what the iPhone Seven and Seven Plus bring to photographers and and why we're excited about those features. But if someone were to ask you, is it worth upgrading for? And and we're going to assume for the purposes of this discussion because this is candid um, that we're talking to someone who's pretty passionate about photography. Is it worth the upgrade? Uh, my. <laughs> Point blank. You didn't give me any like heads up about this. I can't even think about it. That's why it's point blank. Uh, Tough. I would say my my experience with the camera so far is small. Um, I think it really depends on what other devices you have to shoot photographs in your arsenal. If you have a mirrorless camera, if you have a DSLR, um, and your iPhone has kind of always been a... um, you know, the, the candid, oh, there we go, a, a candid type of photography device that you use to sh- snap like random photos. Like, I, I don't see that huge of a difference, a, a, a 700 or $800 difference if you're in, here in Canada or $500 difference in the States or wherever. I don't see that amount of difference in the 28 millimeter camera between the 28 millimeter on the 7 and 7 Plus and the 28 millimeter on the 6S. I could consider saying the 56 millimeter camera on the seven plus is worth it. So if you're going to make an upgrade, you got to go with the plus. If you're, you know, heavy on the camera side, aside from that, uh, well, that's another discussion as well. But on the camera side, I would say you got to go with the plus if you are upgrading because of the camera and I think it's worth it, but 
it's it's a close. It, it's close. Does that answer the question? I think so. Yeah, I mean, and it is, to be fair, it's too soon to tell. And we will be talking more about the iPhone um, 7 and its cameras and, and what it means for photography and so on as Josh and I spend more time with it, as other people spend more time with it, as we do comparisons and so on and so forth. But, you know, as a first impression, I just wanted to uh, get a sense for where you were at on that. Um, yeah, like, what, what do you think? I mean, blow me out of the water here or what? Uh, no, you know, I tend to agree. I think it depends a lot on what they're upgrading from because if it's anything uh, yeah, that's, older... Yeah, that's a big asterisk on mine. Yep, I agree. Yeah, like if it's anything older than the 6, um, it's just everything is going to improve so much that it's it's right. an effortless upgrade. Um, but if you're a 6S user, uh, it, it's, it's hard to say. There's a lot of rumors out there that the next generation, the, the 10th anniversary iPhone is going to be quite special. Um, and a lot of people upgrade their devices, at least anecdotally, um, people that I know tend to upgrade their devices every two or three years rather than Mm -hmm. yearly. Yep. And so I would say if you're on the 6S right now and you're not, um, a big, you know, photographer, then by all means wait for next year's. But, um, if you are, it's a year's worth of much better photos that you can get. And I say that, you know, even from limited experience with the cameras right now, there is a meaningful improvement, um, I came from a 6S Plus to a 7 Plus, and um, there is already a noticeable amount of additional stuff that I would feel comfortable trying to shoot with my iPhone um, versus what I could on the previous one. And especially the improvements to autofocus for, for me are very important because uh, that's the most frustrating thing in the world. When you have your camera and you manage to snag that moment and it just, it doesn't, it can't lock focus fast enough or it's, it's misfiring um, the focus. So that's, that's kind of a thing of the past compared to the 6S plus for me. And uh, the other thing is the screen. I, I don't know, oh, to, to me, the more I use Point it, it's blank. like, I keep forgetting about these things. Couldn't agree more. The screen is could be like as game changing as the fake bokeh feature that's coming. Yeah, along. and it's hard to it's hard to describe this to people, right? Because without seeing it for yeah. yourself, it's very it's it's just kind of nebulous. But um, one of the things that I'm coming to understand, and and probably a lot of people are having this problem, is on paper it seems like a relatively minor update. And unfortunately, because people are a little, um, let's just say they focus on the wrong things, the fact that this does not look tremendously different from the previous generation leads them to believe that there aren't meaningful improvements. Um, but I think when you take together all of the um, subtle improvements um, and and like transformative improvements that just aren't very obvious from the surface, um, there's definitely enough here to merit an upgrade, especially if you're the kind of person who owns their phones. Um, because in my case, like I did not, I'm not paying a thousand dollars now for, for my new phone. I'm, you know, I get to sell last year's phone for 70 or 80% of its value. And all I'm paying is the difference, which is totally reasonable, I think, for someone who, uh, you know, for someone like us who writes about technology and and this is sort of important to us, it's it's easier to justify. But um, I think that as someone who likes photography, um, that's less money to exchange than you would get for like an RX 100, for example, Fair point. Um, or another premium point and shoot. And I think that the the relative difference in image quality might be outweighed by the improvements to convenience and editing flexibility and the fact that it is, you know, one less device to carry and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's, I'd say that for now, at least my, my recommendation is, especially if you're coming from uh, a six or older, totally worth the upgrade. Agreed. Agreed. 6S, 6S Plus is kind of closer to the fence. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. That's our quick first impressions take on the new iPhones and sort of what they mean for photography. Um, 
like we said at the beginning, we've uh, sent Alvaro to Photokina, so he is... Uh, we didn't make fun of him at all. We didn't make... Uh, we didn't have time for that. We'll make fun of him during the week. Um, we will have yeah. a lot more episodes coming. Um, Photokina is a really big event. There are a lot of exciting announcements that we're hearing about now, and we'd like to dedicate one show to each company's announcements just to give us some time to, um, you know, give them the attention they deserve. So keep an eye out for that. And holy smokes, have there been announcements already. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And my pocketbook is on fire. Oh, uh, mine is, is hidden away from me. I can't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably smarter. Yep. Yep.